Welcome back. My name is Chris. And I'm Steve. And Andy is not here again, but we are still streaming things. Yeah, baby. That's what we do here. We, we are find the, the things podcast. to stream. We are pretty sure that brings you the best, the brightest, the strangest, the sexiest TV shows and film properties available to stream right from your home in an ocean of streaming content. Fucking shit. Andy's <laughs> got to do it now. I passed the mantle to him. Yeah, ever since we started doing the, uh, again, we're remote, but ever started, since we went back to remote, you've messed up the intro at both times. There's a lot going on. I'll be honest with you. It's a little tougher. I do enjoy the uh, the convenience of it because you, you text me like, do you want to just do it remotely? And I was like, fuck yes, I do because <laughs> I'm going to fry up some getta and some eggs and make little getta and egg and cheese wraps with tortillas for oh, dinner. Say like it to me softer, Sancheros. daddy. Yeah, you dig that? You big Getta fan? Yeah, I love I love Getta. Getta in me. You know what I'm saying? Do you like you like egg tacos as much as I do? I don't know if I've had an egg taco, but that sounds good. It's like a huevos rancheros. You know, they I like those breakfast breakfast burrito kind of. That's what I do. Anyway, as I was thinking about that, and I was like, I get to that a lot quicker. Sure, but when we record remotely, first off, it's almost more distracting to have you on video than it is you in person, just because. I don't know. I'm like, ooh, Steve's kitchen in the background. What's going on? Oh, I see his dogs are walking around. Yeah, I see Ellie running around. And then occasionally, because of my connection, the video will freeze, but the audio is fine. And so I'm curious as to whether the audio is really fine. And then you know what I mean. So the, all that's going on in my head while I'm trying to chant this four sentence intro that I wrote six months ago. And you know, that's my excuse. Hey, you know, it's a good one. We all have excuses. And all of them are valid. <laughs> I should be able to do it. You know, I'm a, I'm a fucking professional. You know, sometimes, you know, when uh, y- your mind just kind of dumps information to make room for new, maybe when you realize that Andy could pull it out of his ass without any trouble, your brain was subconscious. Like, well, I don't need this anymore. Andy's got it. Mm, but Andy's not here. That's true. That's him greatly. And we're in a pickle. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got to try again. Okay. Okay, okay. All right, uh, take, um, Chris, uh, back to one, take two. My name's Chris. My name's Andy. And my name's Steve. And this is Streaming Things, the only podcast we're pretty sure that brings you the best, the brightest, the strangest, the sexiest TV shows and films available to stream right from your home in an ocean of streaming content. No, it's in an ocean of streaming networks. Fine for your attention. There you go. We are your lighthouse, your beacons of broadcast. You are curators of content. You did it. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Bask in the glory, my friend. You, you, I, you did I it. I want to sell a Streaming Things t-shirt that has that entire monologue on it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Where like some of the words are bigger than others with like lighthouse yeah. huge with okay. a little lighthouse as the eye. Yeah, listen, write in if you think that uh, that shirt interests yeah. you. Yeah, if that if that T-shirt interests you, do you guys want merch? Would you would you buy merch? Let us know. We'll sell some fucking merch. Actually, Steve did come up with some really cool, like the Patreon uh, symbol of streaming things that has the black background. Oh, the he sexy had a black really and cool white T-shirt with that on there, and I was convinced that I was going to see those around the Christmas tree. And then, <laughs> and then we never. <laughs> and then Steve never, was broke. <laughs> we, yeah, I mean, there's some financial issues going all around the streaming things table in general. But uh, yeah, those are neat. We, you know, so if you're interested in that sort of things, or if you just want to chat, 
Write into streamingthingspod at gmail.com at any time. We'd love to hear from you. You can also follow us on Twitter as a group at StreamThingPod. You can follow me personally at C. Michael Wrights and Steve. You can follow me at Steve May 13, baby. Mm. He's not the, the baby. It's just Steve May 13. the best to me, baby. Thank you. Thank you. It's an honor. And you can also te- check this out, guys, if you're interested. If you're on, if you're on the TikTok, if you're one of the cool kids, you can, you can, you can follow some streaming things appearances at uh, movies are therapy it's at movies are therapy i've been having getting a little action on the tiktok yeah you have you know, popping off as it were going a little a as little, the kids say of some minor virality mm-hmm. and i'm talking about movies it's the only time you ever want to hear that you're suffering from minor virality you know mm-hmm. yeah exactly <laughs> i've got to yeah for sure I, I just i'm viral that's amazing yeah. wow that's the digital age for you i really enjoy for the most part i think it's the most positive online experience i've had uh, but now that the videos are are doing rather well i do get all the other types in the comments as well <laughs> and that that is just fascinating mental gymnastics some of those folks um but i find that like being really nice to them is the quickest way to end it yeah you keep uh, kill them with kindness which, yeah, might, that might be obvious to everyone. I'm not sure. But I've been doing this over the past few months, and it is hilarious how quick it turns around. For instance, uh, I, I did some a few videos on, like, Oscar trivia and, you know, Academy Awards facts. And uh, one of the guys commented, you know, because I did a video about uh, movies that have won all five of the Big Five Awards. And the mm-hmm. Big Five are, like, you know, Best Director, Best Picture, blah, 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 blah. And the guy commented, and he was like, you forgot Kramer versus Kramer time to redo your video. You just said it super confidently, which plant a flag there. That's another fascinating feature of humanity. <laughs> and so I commented, actually, no, Meryl Streep won for best supporting actress, which doesn't count, uh, but understandable misconception. And he said, oh, sorry, thought I had you. And it was over. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. Like, why did he come at me so strong? And why did he not spend the time commenting instead Googling to verify because I have this like terrifying, just debilitating fear of being confidently wrong online. And maybe that's mm. just a feature of my personality. I would never, ever, especially if I was going to be that rude. Yeah. Not triple check first, even if I was super sure of it. If I was arguing with a flat earther, <laughs> I wouldn't come out that strong without a quick Google is earth round for sure. You forgot about the curvature of the earth. <laughs> numb nuts. <laughs> Yeah, but before I press send, I would double check, you know, and it it took me all of two seconds to just make sure that he was wrong before I replied. I just think that's an interesting feature of the Internet. That's just an interesting feature of the human race, my friend. Even though all information is available immediately, I'm going to go ahead and come at this stranger in a really rude way, confidently. (laughs) No need to check. It's low stakes, low stakes shittery is what it is. Because like, you know, in the in the mid 90s. In elementary school on the playground, if another kid was like, you forgot Kramer versus Kramer, <laughs> you'd be like, oh, I guess I did. Because he'd have to go to the library, find a, you know, some a, a book on the Oscar. I mean, there's a mm-hmm. lot of you know, check his uh, it, alphabetical encyclopedia. You know, do you if, have those if, in your house? Some, you have like 
all 22 encyclopedia books for reference. No, but my mother does. I that's don't what I'm saying. Yeah. My mom had those. So that's what I would have had to, to do to argue with the kid on those. So that's understandable. If but kid, now if I was in elementary school and a kid was like, you forgot Kramer versus Kramer. Duh. I would be like, I don't know what that is. Stupid. Like, <laughs> I would be very impressed if an elementary school kid was like Dustin Hoffman. And uh, you weren't Meryl a huge Street. fan of Meryl Streep in elementary school. God, no. <laughs> oh, wow. We just had a way different elementary experience then. What about Betty Davis? You're worse. Catherine Hepburn? Wow. Worse. It, in elementary school, the only people I knew that were famous were Luke Skywalker and Leia Organa. Not even the actors that played them. And, and then Kermit the Frog. Yeah, I knew those three famous people in elementary school. <laughs> Well, I was, now I know because of TikTok, I know a lot more Oscar trivia than I ever thought I would. Uh, for instance, do you know what movie has won the most Oscar awards ever? One? Mm-hmm. Actually took them home. Yeah. Uh, Gone with the Wind? It is actually a three-way tie but for 11. So 11 is the most. Return of the of, King. It's Return of the King. Uh, it is Ben-Hur. Oh, Ben-Hur. Okay. In Titanic. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So it's a three-way tie. But the uh, – I actually got in a lot of – I know I'm just going on and on about TikTok, but I think this is hilarious. So – and then I, in the video, I had said that that Return of the King takes the cake because, A, I'm biased, and, B, that's what a lot of the articles I was reading about it had said. And it made sense to me at the time, but when people tried to hold me accountable for it, I, I had a hard time defending it. Return of the King takes the cake because it won in every single category that it was nominated. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas, you know, uh, Titanic had 14 nominations, took home 11 and so on. And everybody's commenting like, why does it win? Because it had the same amount of awards and less nominations. And I was like, because, oh, shit. It's batting. It's batting 100 percent. Is that how yeah. is that the sports metaphor? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's I think that's valid. And that's the way I see it. Like it was undefeated and just did not compete in the other categories. And the guy was like undefeated. It competed. It just didn't get nominated. And I was like, that might be fair. I don't know what it submitted, uh, you know, eligibility for. Let's just say it wins because it's dope. And we'll just leave it at that. (laughs) By the way, Steve, do you know why the Academy Award Award is called an Oscar? Well, this is cheating because I actually watched that video made about the subject. No, that is cheating. But you can tell the listener. Here, let let me pretend like I haven't heard it. All right. Yeah, yeah, to start over. Feed me the line. Feed me the line. Steve, do you know why the Academy Award is called an Oscar? Hmm. I don't, Chris. Illuminate me. I will indeed illuminate you, sir. Thanks. Nobody knows. (laughs) (laughs) This is the real answer. But legend has it that in the 30s, Margaret Halleck was the, uh, at the time, the librarian of the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. And she later became the director. Uh, But she remarked upon seeing the award sometime in the 30s. Some people say 1931 specifically. When she looked at it, she said, that looks like my uncle Oscar. And then the name. A bald, unshaven man. But they don't know for sure because there was a uh, he wrote for the New York Daily News. His name was Sidney Skolsky, I believe. He claims to have invented the term. Uh, in 1934, he was the first one to publish the, the word Oscar. Uh, and it was like a, in reference to a vaudeville joke. Um, but then others claim that Walt Disney on stage 
had called the award an Oscar prior to 1934, thereby, uh, you know, ruining Mr. Skolsky's claims. I just think it's, it's all fascinating stuff, yeah. right? I went way down the rabbit hole. It is such a weird name, the Oscar, when it's applied to the Academy Award. It's the Academy Award of motion pictures, right? Yeah. No, I weird how how you made that TikTok video. Never even thought about why we call it an Oscar. Mm -hmm. I just it was just so in my lexicon. Yeah. Didn't even think about it. Didn't find out till doing my research that they didn't officially change the name of the award ceremony to the Oscars until 2013 to rebrand. I didn't know. It just felt like my entire life. We just all call it. We just always called it the Oscars. Right. That's but it's actually technically called the Academy Award of Merit. Even today. I think I, I don't know. There's something more prestigious about, oh, I'm getting an Oscar instead of getting a merit. Like, yeah, you know, <laughs> nobody wants an Academy Award of Merit, but everybody wants that damn Oscar. Merit is one of those things like, yeah, it's a good thing if you get a merit, but it's one of the, it's it typically you associate that word with like, oh, good. I did my homework on time in school. I, I get a merit. You know, yeah. it's like, what do you fucking like, do? I made Titanic. I'm James Cameron. I deserve something greater than a merit. Yeah, I feel like Enza got merits. You know what I mean? Like, it's just <laughs> like a like a European grade school thing. Do they even call it grade school? I, I don't know. Well, kindergarten is a German is, has German heritage roots. That word kindergarten. Kindergarten. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know that they call uh, colleges is uni. Right. 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 Enza, you want to uni? Did you go to uni? We should have ends on the show sometime. Yeah, I would love to. Oh, good luck getting those time zones matched up. Right? I used to do a podcast years ago. I used to do a podcast with a guy who lived in um, England. Uh, and so it was like a you five. You said that with a question mark and I don't know. Well, for a second, I was trying to remember like what was the town he lived in. And then in the moment I decided it wasn't important. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's not he, America. He was near Newcastle at one point, but that for not most of the time we recorded together. But uh yeah, maybe it was maybe he was in London at that point. Anyway, uh, but so it was like a five hour time difference. So we always had to I had to really plan like, OK, it was usually like I had to do it in the mornings because, you know, it'd be the evening for him. And like, I yeah, we couldn't do it at like nine o'clock at night for me because it's two in the morning for him. So it was, it was a hard thing to do, but we made it work. I miss that dude. His name was Ben. The, was that the wrestling show? Yeah, it was K Fabulous Wrestling Radio. You can find Ben. He's actually very successful. He uh, is a successful YouTube channel called Triple Jump, where they discuss video games. So, and he has a beautiful, buttery voice. Go check him out. I think he does uh, voiceover work for the uh, UK Netflix channel. Like they always put out videos like this week coming out on Netflix, and it's him like reading the synopses of whatever new is coming out. With so, I I want to get into voice work, and I feel like if I was British, that would be a lot easier. At least over here, it would be. Yeah. Like people just really go for that. Mm-hmm. And I can't fake it because that's it's offensive. And I, I, I switch nationalities accidentally all the time. All right. What's this then? Yeah. I, like I tried <laughs> to do a Tom Holland accent <laughs> on the TikTok the other day and it ended up Australian. And I just started laughing. I What's don't your, know why. Hit me with your Tom Holland. I can't. Apparently, oh, I cool. definitely can't do it now. I can do a bullseye Tom Holland. Let's hear it. Hello, sir. I'd like to be in the Spider-Man. <laughs> Can I be in the Spider-Man movie, please, sir? That's Oliver Holland. That's Charles Dickens' Tom Holland. I mean, that's Tom Holland to me. Whenever he's in interviews, I can't spoil the new Avengers movie. Please don't ask me questions. <laughs> I'm dating Zendaya. She's really tall. <laughs> it is shockingly accurate. Oh, my God. It's perfect. 
And it's funny to me that that happened to me because I can't even really do Australian on command. Like I can't do it on purpose. I've always tried and come off British. So then when I did my Tom Holland and it was, it was Aussie, I was really confused. Where did that come from? (laughs) That's been in me the whole time. The whole time. It was always in you, man. You just needed to unlock it. Annie Hosel. So on today's show, uh, we're not just going to riff and raff, but that's actually a lie. That's exactly what we're going to do. But we're effing and jeffing, you know, it's a guided riff and raff. Uh, Today is our Valentine's Day episode. We hope you're all having a phenomenal Valentine's Day. If you don't have someone to share it with, that's fine. Fuck society's expectations. If you're in a country that you don't even know what I'm talking about. Good for you. Good for you. And just because you guys are listening to us and you can listen to us, we have a surprise for you. Look under your chair. There's a Valentine's note from us. Go ahead. Open it. Go ahead. Yeah, you got it. (laughs) No, I hope you are. Look under your chair right now. (laughs) Somebody somewhere is on a commute. They slid their seat back. They couldn't reach the brake pedal. And there was actually nothing there. And you can guess the rest. Good job, Steve. That's on your conscience. Well, you know, I'm just a rascal. (laughs) (laughs) Pranked you. Pranked. Now you're dead. You've been pranked, bro. Just a prank. For Valentine's Day, we're going to talk about some of our favorite on-screen romances. We're going to talk about love at the movies a little bit. And we did something very similar last year. So I'm going to try to avoid, I didn't do any like actual professional research, re-listen to that video to make sure I brought up different films or anything. No, didn't do that. That would be really out of character. I don't think that's what our listeners expect. We're just having a laid back conversation. When, when, when one of the three pillars of the show is missing, the show becomes a lot less, researchy and Able. a lot more like let's just hang out and have fun and see what see what trouble we get ourselves into that brings us to our first and i think best segment crossing streams crossing streams is the segment where each week we tell you about the films and TV shows that we've been streaming since last we met, hoping to, to bring something new and special into your life. Maybe you hadn't heard of it, or maybe you heard of it, but you hadn't gotten a chance to check it out yet. And now you're inspired to do so. That's the idea behind Crossing Streams. Steve, Chris, what have you been streaming? Uh, well, this week has been kind of an odd week for me. Um, I've, I've, I've gotten a little bit of some hard and asinine news that kind of hurts me financially that I'm that I'm struggling through uh so like dealing with that kind of stuff I didn't get a lot of time to stream anything really new uh I will talk about the two examples that I I have streamed this week uh but just going into it know that I wasn't able to do what I normally do and watch as much as I normally do I do want to talk about briefly uh, it's been a while since we talked about it um my improv classes are continuing they are How's it going they're going really, really well, man. Um, uh, the improv teacher pulled me aside one day and was like, dude, you're, you're a natural improv person. So I hope you keep you coming to class. Yes. And, uh, well, uh, trust me, I have, uh, mind that, uh, <laughs> <joke>. <laughs> fear not Chris. That <laughs> joke has been thoroughly utilized. That horse hath been beaten plenty. Um, <laughs> But no, it's it's been a lot of fun. Uh, the the so I'm in the introductory course. I have two more classes left before that wraps up. Actually, no, one more class and then a final showcase, 
where people can come and watch us perform. Improvise. So, Chris, if you want to come, just let me know. I'll give you the deets on that, and you can watch me make an ass of myself. I would love to watch that any day of the week. And it reminds me of the, the, another film podcast. I think there's only two. It's us and them. It's called <laughs> the slash film cast. Actually, now it's called the film cast. They rebranded and uh, they were talking about Murderville and uh, mm. Jeff Kanata is one of the hosts. He does a lot of improv and somebody made the joke that the show gets old pretty quick, but it's really cool. It looks like it was a lot more fun to film than it is to watch that show. Cause it mm-hmm. looks like it was a blast to film the show and Jeff having done a ton of improv in his life is like, I can confirm <laughs> it is extremely fun to do and probably not so much to watch, but we had a blast. And uh, so it's, I thought of that immediately when you said that we're doing a big showcase and, but maybe that's not true. I've never seen an improv. Well, uh, hopefully it goes well. Uh, today we played a, we did a, a course that was really fun last week. We're actually two weeks ago because we had to cancel last week because of the snowstorm. But two weeks ago, we all had like three strips of paper and just wrote down a random ass line, whatever. Um, so like I wrote down, you got any more beanie babies like that? For an example, that's like a line that I wrote. Um, and then this week, what the game was is people would go up on stage two at a time and the, the instructor would grab five of these suggestions out of the bowl and just toss them on the ground. And what you and your partner did is you just start talking, you start creating a scene together. And then whenever you feel like the moment is right, you would bend over and grab one of those pieces of paper. And then you had to sell whatever that paper was. Um, and like make it fit in the context. What do you mean? Sell it. You, that, you, you had to, lingo? yeah, you had to. You had to legitimize why you would say it. So it could be random as hell. Like, for instance, uh, I was my partner and I were going back and forth. Um, I forget exactly what we were talking about. I think we were, she had brought up the Bengals game or something. And she was like, you're going to watch the game? Like, oh, man, I'm so excited about the game. I love the football. I love the sports. I love the points. I love the things. Let's see them all. And she's like, what are you planning on doing this week to celebrate? I'm like, oh, let's see. And I pulled up the piece of paper and the piece of paper just said, do you like apples? And so I had to figure out on the spot how to fit that line into what we were talking about, about watching a Super Bowl game. So I said, so I just held my hand up to him like, do you like apples? Can you take me to the store? If you take me to the store right now, I'm going to get you some apples. Uh, and I, cause that's a good tasty, tasty treat to have at the Super Bowl. And she's like, uh, yeah, we can go to the orchard. And I'm like, uh, we can go to Kroger. I don't need to go to an orchard. I'm not fancy or anything. <laughs> uh, so it was it, it, stuff like that. And uh, a partner of mine got one that was like, like in the middle of their conversation about like hating their neighbor, he, he wrote a, uh, he, his, his prompt that he wrote, picked up was thank you for meeting me. Let's uh, decide how are we going to kill the goddamn Batman? <laughs> so, <laughs> and, and everyone did a really great job of kind of morphing their stories around what they randomly were pulling out of the hat essentially. Um, so it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of good. It sounds good really times. fun. You invited me to join the advanced course and I'm like, well, I didn't get the basics, right? So everybody's going to be more improv than I am. And uh, I'm not super doing hot financially either, right? So the, obviously the course costs a little bit of money. Mm-hmm. And then again, I'm, I'm, I'm always have, I always have an irrational fear of time commitments. So it's like the nature of streaming things is we'll record sometime on Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. But if we said blank day at blank o'clock every week, that would stress me out because then it's I'm like, the same oh, no, yeah. what if like a cool thing happens during that time? <laughs> and it's not, it doesn't matter at all. Then Steve will be like, okay, let's reschedule. But <laughs> in my mind, I'm like, no. Ah. So the fact no. that anyway, so I wanted to let you know on air instead of privately, 
I'm still waffling on that, but I do think I should do it because it's something I wouldn't normally do. It's because I'm nervous about it. Those are usually the best things in life. Trust me, dude. And like you would be fine. You'd be great at it. Like how many people are there? Uh, in my class, there's, so my class is actually large. Uh, like the instructors, like this is an abnormally large class and there's probably like 15, 16 of us. Mm-hmm. And she's like, normally the classes are only like six people. So our class is like <laughs> abnormally huge. <laughs> yeah. That's like over double. I'm good at math. Uh, you get a merit. It's uh, <laughs> <laughs> a callback. Uh, but no, it's a lot of fun. You could def you would, you'd be great at it. Like there are some people like everyone's doing great and everyone's at like different levels of comfort comfortability in there like some people are there just to try to open up some people struggle more than others some people are really really naturally good at it uh but everyone there is incredibly supportive of one another and it's almost like creative therapy like we were talking about how the podcast is therapy for dudes this is just like Mm -hmm. it's almost like another way of therapy because you're the at least our instructor is very much about um opening yourself up and being vulnerable and um you know putting that out in the world, but also like if you're in the class, you accept that and work with that with someone that's a big part of improv. Sure. Uh, but no, it's great. You should do it. Um, th- onto the things I've been streaming. Um, we did get the finale of the book of Boba Fett that mm. came out on Disney plus uh, last week. I mentioned I was a little worried, like how are they going to pull all these narrative strings together? And I think for the most part they do. Fortunately enough, there wasn't a very deep meta uh, story to really pull together. They just yeah, had a, that was to their benefit. They just had a lot of threads kind of dangling out in the ether. And luckily they, it was kind of weird. It was almost a Avengers level style, like team up where they got, they got everybody to come back through the portals to fight these dudes that, are dangerous <laughs> I guess right and everyone still kind of sucks at it <laughs> but it's like uh, uh, one of our listeners um, Sarah she texted me because she knew I was watching it she's like how did, how did you like the finale and I said objectively it's bad uh, <laughs> it's not great yeah, I think, but I think so but as a Star Wars fan there's like enough shit in there that's like oh that's cool oh he's on that thing oh he shot the, the weapon oh there's that character from my childhood there's enough of that bullshit in there that I can't hate it like I I still had a really good time and enjoyed it and then and liked it for what it is and then like we talked briefly on air how like these this show is basically it's just a kid's show you know it's like Saturday morning cartoons you called it um Star Wars but Xenia Warrior Princess and and if that's what your expectation is like it's it's fine it works um were there things in there that I wish they would have done differently yeah absolutely I could nitpick the hell out of that show at the end of the day I still had fun uh, I still want to see what's next in the the Disney Plus Star Wars television averse. Um, I think Bad Batch season two comes out May fourth, and then May twenty fifth. I think it is is Obi Wan Kenobi, which I'm really excited about that one. Yeah, Kenobi should be awesome. Should be, and then I think it's Boba set up Mando season three to be quite entertaining. Oh, for sure. Yeah, um, I would be happy if they never did another Boba Fett show mm-hmm. and just brought that character in from time to time. Um. Because that would be neat. Like, oh, it's Boba Fett and Finnick. That's I love those guys. But then, like, as a whole show, it's like, ugh. Yeah. Actually, I, I laughed really hard because there's the Boba Fett theme song, you know, that plays. And when I, fir- when I first heard it, the first show, I was like, 
I don't know if I like that. But then by episode six, I'm like, yeah, this theme's a banger. And then episode seven ends. They play the theme, but it's like a slightly different version of the theme. But I hated it because it pulled the curtains behind why they made the theme what it is. And it's literally just the composer saying Boba Fett's name. Like, Fett, Boba Fett. And I'm like, Okay, because I thought it. I just heard it correctly for the first time. But it, it had been just more clear. Yeah, the they definitely the they definitely altered it so it's a different I, I version. I never noticed he was like Boba, 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 and then Fett in the yeah. background. I never noticed that. Yeah, the, um, the, the in the, the previous theme, like the main theme that played for most of the season, it was a much more like ah, like that. Yeah, and then in the they they made it, I guess, more of a triumphant like this was the end of the series. It's Fett, Boba, Fett, and it's like don't. Boba, don't, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll be honest with you though, the original theme song, I. I listened to that like by choice by itself while I was writing the other day. I, I do enjoy it. it yeah, it is good. Um, and, uh, did you know that it's actually completely stolen from a Dutch television show <laughs> from no, like the seventies? Yeah, that makes me sad. Well, the the composer is, or wait, maybe it's not Dutch. Maybe it's Norwegian. As long as they're credited, I don't know if they are. I haven't looked into. I really haven't looked into it. But I think um, the guy on Screen Crush po- pulled up like the intro for this. I think it's Norwegian. This Norwegian show from the '90s or so, and it's like a hundred percent the same exact theme, but obviously less produced, right? That's a damn shame. Yeah. Disney, you have, you got the money to plug those people when you do that to them. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a damn shame. Uh, the other thing that I've been streaming this week was actually from a suggestion of you, Chris. Mm. Uh, and it is a show. It's you can stream it on Apple TV Plus. It is called The After Party. Um, I guess I had forgotten when I saw your tweet that you hadn't been watching, and I and I told you you should be. Yeah, I, I had been watching Murderville that week, and you had suggested watching. Oh, that's right. I told the you it was Party. Chris Miller, and you were like, "Fuck yeah, on it!" Yeah, Done. yeah, it, Chris Miller, and then you like read me the cast, which it's like Tiffany Haddish, Sam Richardson, um, Zoe Zhao. What was that? Ben Schwartz. Yeah, Ben Schwartz, uh, Alana Glazer, Dave Franco, like really, really funny people. Yeah. And so I started watching it and dude, this might, I know it's early in the year 2022, but, and there's only what, five episodes out currently? Something like that. Maybe four or five, six, but they're just saying six seems like being a dick because it's like, that's one more. Yeah, there's like (laughs) four, between four and six episodes. Uh, It's not finished, but this is already a contender for my favorite thing of this year. It is so Good. my jam because it's, it is a really, really funny whodunit. Um, it's got incredibly talented people in it that are just a joy to watch. I love Sam Richardson specifically. Um, the concept behind it where every person, you know, Tiffany Haddish is like, I want to see, I want to, I want to watch your mind movie. Cause everyone is the, the main character of their own film. So when she's interviewing the murder suspects, they all, it all takes place in a different genre of film. So like yeah, you mentioned last week, a different genre. Yeah. You mentioned last week, like one is a, a romantic film. One is a fast and the furious film, uh, which the fast and the furious film is so funny. And it, but it's so well written where like when you watch the, the next episode and you see like that other character's point of view of the same event, there are slight changes that are it's different. It's kind of a last duel kind of thing. Yeah. Where, where you like get different the, perspectives. There's that, but also like a slight reveal that's actually a name. And that's what I get the biggest kick out of like writing wise. Mm-hmm. How many episodes in are you? I've watched all of the ones that are available. So all the way up to, I think the episode's called high school. Did you watch? So you watched, it's, um, the, it's the party. It's the school party genre. The St. Patrick's day 
Yes. Party. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So you're, yeah, you're all the way caught up. So there's, I don't even care. This is a slight spoiler, but it's really not. It's just like a, if you haven't been watching it yet, I want to show you like this might sell it to you because the, this is how the level of cleverness that is in the show. But there in the first episode, I believe in Anik's point of view, Sam Richardson's character, he, he was drunk out of his mind that night. So he's like, yeah. So then I did a bunch of flaming jello shots uh, off the counter. And it's like a tiny detail. He just says he did a flaming jello shot. Then like two episodes later, someone else's point of view, I think it's been Swartz in episode three, you find out that he was drinking candles. They weren't flaming jello yeah. shots. <laughs> he was wasted. So he was just drinking candle wax. And it's it doesn't matter. That doesn't affect the plot. It's not even really like brought up in a huge way. It's just if you remember that he had mentioned flaming jello shots, it's funny. And if you didn't remember that, it doesn't matter. And that kind of shit is what I love about this show. Like the the really tiny details that they they have fun with the different perspectives with. Yeah, there's a I think the fast. So the first episode, there's a situation where uh, Ike Barinholtz character, Brett, who is like the douchey kind of bully-esque character um, is like, hey, if anyone gets with my ex-wife, I'm going to kick their ass and Sam Richardson has a crush on her. And he's been like flirting with her the whole night. Well, there's a point in the first episode where he's like, you, Sam Richardson, I'm going to kick your ass. And so they're like, get in the car and run. They're like running away from him, right? But when you see it from Brett's point of view, he's trying to be a good dad because it was set up before that even though he's a shitty husband, he's a really good dad and his daughter's there and his her, his daughter's like, I can't go to sleep without my stuffed koala. And that was something that she gave Sam Richardson early in the night, even in his flashback. So you get this thing where he's like, he's actually going after Sam like, hey man, I need my daughter's koala back. Can I get that back? Yeah. And he's so drunk. He's like, he's trying to kick my ass. And like, they're yeah. getting in the car and it's just really clever stuff like that. And you mentioned uh, Ben Schwartz, like in his perception of what's happening he's always there for anique sam richardson to the point where there's like part when they show up at the party um alana glazer's character chelsea is that her name Mm -hmm. chelsea who has this her character is like oh she's drunk and on drugs all the time and no one can trust her it looks like she purposely gives him a shot of vodka and but right before sam richardson drinks it ben schwartz nonchalantly swaps the drink so he's actually drinking water but then in the next episode, you find out that she actually gave him a glass of water because he was trying to get vodka, but she didn't want him to get more drunk. So Ben Schwartz accidentally just gives him more liquor. Yeah. And it's like clever shit like that. That's really, really funny. And they don't make a big deal of it in the moment, but you catch these tiny little things that are happening constantly yes. in the show. It's, it's and I, I brilliant. love shit like that. I love when um, when a screenwriter makes you feel smart or trust that you can figure things out and then leaves little nuggets for you. And uh, I think everybody appreciates that. And, and Lord and Miller are really good about that. And they're just having a ball uh, with this stuff. So yeah, I love the after party. I'm really touched that you're loving it so much. I knew that you would, but it's so still, good. I'm glad you're, you're really, you're liking it even more than I thought you would. And that's, that's a good surprise. I was so bummed last night because uh, the way the last episode that's currently out and like, oh man, I can't wait to watch the next episode. And Apple TV Plus does this thing where they will have the icon for next week's episode up, but underneath it, it'll say available whatever day it is. So in my head, I'm like, oh, I got one more episode I get to watch before there's no more. But really, it was like, oh, gotcha. Yeah, Psych. That, that features a thing. Cause then, and then it has the date that it will be released real tiny. Yeah. So, so now next week's the finale, right? Zoe's, Zoe's point of view will be the finale, right? Is that fin- the finale? 
I would guess. I don't know for sure. I, th- I think it's that would be episode seven, if I'm correct. I didn't do any research because that's not the kind of show that this is. But I have a feeling it's nearing its end. I mean, it's three weeks in. They dropped three episodes the first time. There's eight episodes. And so this, last week was six. So there's two more. Yeah. Okay. So we'll get Zoe's POV and then a finale. Um, okay. I'm really excited about it. By the way, speaking of movie scores I listen to or TV show scores, I, I listen to the opening of After Party while I'm writing all the time, too. I love oh, it. Yeah. And I think that the opening credits are phenomenally done, the animation. I'm loving this new sort of renaissance of the fun whodunit. Like, I think that was started with Knives Out. For but sure. Like, last year we got Only Murders in the Building, which was fucking amazing. Well, it might have really started with Murder on the Orient, Orient Express. Um, that like wasn't a fun whodunit, though. That was just a. I didn't even watch it, but like, that's the first, like, like re- revitalization I can think of. And it's not even a good like, whodunit. <laughs> that <laughs> movie's not good. <laughs> Who did it's, it? I don't care. It, here, you want me to spoil it for you? Everyone did it. <laughs> that's the end of that movie. We all did the murder. Like that's literally the, that is the ending of that movie. It's terrible. Uh, it's not satisfying, but um, I heard death on the Nile is not great either. Well, I, it didn't look great. To you could have predicted that. Sure, sure, sure. I, I just, that was phenomenal. And this is great. Yeah, this is great. Watch this. Watch Murders in the Building. Watch uh, Knives Out and you'll have a great time. I still have to finish Only Murders in the Building. I, I, it's one of those shows I was really enjoying and just the weekly format. The next episode, I was like, nah, <laughs> for no this, reason. I just there's so much stuff to watch. This might be controversial because I know Andy is definitely on the opposite side of the fence from this topic as I am. But I hate weekly releases. I do not like episodic releases. That's just not how I consume content. I know it's it's technically good for the conversation uh, of the show. Right. But I I hate it because like I will fall into the trap where like, oh, man, I'm loving Peacemaker. Peacemaker so good. And then I'd like. Well, I'll wait for the next week and then I get busy and I forget like, oh shit, Peacemaker, is that out? Did, did that finish? Like I run into that all the time. It's, it's it, I don't like it. I don't know why. I don't know if it's because I use my Apple ID to subscribe to stuff or, but for whatever reason, I get push notifications. Uh, it's probably because I have Apple TV and all my streaming networks are through Apple TV. That's what mm-hmm. it is. So the benefit of that, uh, to your point, is that I'll be up here with you making streaming things or making a TikTok or writing or something. And it'll say peacemaker now available on HBO max. It'll be a push notification on my phone. Uh, so maybe get that set up somehow, Steve, cause that's handy. I, well, I, I don't think you actually disagree with Andy. I think you know that it is nice to have a weekly global conversation about a show and have time to digest and pick apart things. But selfishly, all of us agree. It's awesome to just be able to fucking plop our lazy, miserable asses down and watch an entire show for four hours. I've been thinking about it though. And this is another, this is another, you know, this, if you will, if you will allow me, I will bring up more evidence for my case. Oh, please do. Uh, 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 so here, right. (laughs) I won't do that anymore. Uh, Keep it going. But like the week I've noticed with these episodic weekly shows, you know, it invites a lot of people. Of course, people are going to come up with fan theories or, you know, just, oh, I think the show is going this way. Oh, the show is going to go that way. Oh, it's going to go this way. But it never does. Like that's that's whatever fan theories that people come up with for these shows. They never are the thing that happens. And even and, and, but it's never satisfying because either it's not the thing that people build up for it to be and they're let down. They talk about how shit the show is or it is exactly what they planned it to be. And everyone's disappointed. Like, oh, well, I could have come up with that. I saw it coming a mile away. And it's like if you just 
like I think Book of Boba Fett, for instance, if Book of Boba Fett came out and everything was like, bam, it's all there. Watch it all today. It would not be nearly as controversial or like uh, people wouldn't be like so mad about it as they are, I think. Uh, I think people just would digest it like, oh, that was the show. Okay, I for what for what it was good, you know, uh, is like ooh, like Game of Thrones is another example. Like people like built so much about what they were going to do with Game of Thrones. And then like none of that stuff happened. And people were so pissed. And there are other reasons to be pissed off about that show as well. But sure, you know, you know what I'm saying? I don't think the show would have reached the heights that it did. Like you're for other than season five for six straight seasons everybody was genuinely shocked and surprised in a good way each week and then talked about it all week. And then as a community watched it together each Sunday. Mm -hmm. And uh, I can remember tweeting, you know, at 10 Oh two PM right after the episode on a Sunday night and just reading through all the gifts and reactions and stuff and everybody laughing together like, Oh, Joffrey like this when he, you know, <laughs> and it just, it was, <laughs> Joffrey be like, like it was fun. It was like a communal experience. Whereas contrast that with the Witcher, the Witcher, I don't think reaches the heights of most of the peak game of Thrones as far as like storytelling and production. Mm -hmm. But I, I do think the Witcher is a phenomenal show. And the conversation around the Witcher each season is about three days long. And that's a travesty because everybody watched the entire fucking thing because it's so good. They got it all out of their system. And then you don't have you're not going to you're not going to read Vanity Fair's episode three recap. That's 600 words mm -hmm. because you went right into episode four, five, six and seven and eight. And you don't give a fuck like, you know, so there isn't that there's nothing for the journalists to do. There's nothing much to talk about over than a few overarching themes. And then it's done. Right. So sure. And I totally understand. And I like part of me is like, I'm wrong. Like, I know I'm wrong, but there's, there is that part of me that just feels like, yeah, but I'm also allowing outside people to color my perception of the show because I'm allowing people to like write up these synopses and all this stuff. And I don't know. And I, I kind of like watching things at least the first time I watch them uninterrupted. And like, this is me and the filmmaker and art that they made. And I want to, I want to know how it affects me before I find outside influences to color you know, for good or for bad. But I, I think it's, that. I think it's you a like good to, conversation to have. You like to get intimate with the art. I do. I light Just candles. I put on some sting. Mm -hmm. um, I, get it. I, I get naked and I rub myself with cocoa butter. You know, that's how I watch Moonfall. Star Wars. <laughs> Moonfall. <laughs> Look at Boba Fett. <laughs> By the way, why is it, why wasn't there a Boba tea, Boba Fett marketing bonanza? I feel like that's a missed opportunity. I don't know. Big Boba tea. Go down to your local, you know, tea shop and get some book of Boba tea. <laughs> I would do that. Chris, what you've been streaming? Little green tapioca gels. Um, I have been streaming a few things. My, my streaming things is a little weird this month. Uh, wow. Fuck that up this week. Uh, I watched, I rewatched blockers. The, I believe it's a 2018 comedy yeah. with, uh, John Cena at all. And, uh, what's his name? Brett from, uh, yeah. Ike, uh, Baron Holtz. Yeah, Ike Barinholtz is in it. He's awesome. Um, what's uh, Lindsay Leslie Mann uh, also in it? Uh, oh, anyway, is Leslie Mann in it? I didn't know that. She is. She's the she's one of the the three parents. And uh, anyway, I I just wanted to throw that out there that it holds up. It's a phenomenal phenomenal raunchy comedy. It's uh up there with it's like super bad blockers and uh, what was the one that came out recently too? It was like a 
uh, everybody was was calling it the the super bad for girls. Super bad for girls. Yeah, come on. it just came out like two years ago. It's a really really good comedy, but I've only seen it once. I don't know. I'm drawing a blank. I can't think of what I you're can't thinking. Let of. this go. I won't fucking allow. He's it. got it. A wild directed it. A book smart. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, so it's right up there. I think it's it's really really funny, and this is where it taught me that John Cena was funny. So it was interesting to watch Blockers after the majesty that is the suicide squad and uh peacemaker mm-hmm. uh, because this was when i watched blockers i was like dude he's really fucking funny that's surprising and uh but now i'm used to it so i got to like see more nuance of it and uh and it was a really touching heartwarming movie about you know letting your kids go and and letting them do what they're going to do and trusting them to have you know act out the morals and and lessons that you've taught them and not you know being out controlling anymore so as a parent, you know, he's only eight, so I don't have to worry about that anytime soon. But uh, anyway, so I, I just really enjoyed Blockers. If you haven't seen it in a while or maybe ever, I would highly recommend that you do that. I own the physical copy. I'm sure it's streamable somewhere. Uh, I'm a physical media guy. Uh, I also started watching Murderville. I won't talk much about it. Steve waxed poetically last week, but it is the uh, improv show with uh, Will Arnett and uh, various guests. Um, it's the type of show it. It kind of it, it was highly entertaining, but it faded quickly for me. Um, mm-hmm. The shtick, it, it reminds me of like a like a game show, not quite a game show, but like a, it does have that game show kind of quality to it. There is something about that. Yeah, I totally you ever get. watch like Impractical Jokers on True TV. <laughs> yes, like it's that kind of thing. Like, I have friends really, who for the longest time would say the last movie they saw in a movie theater before the pandemic was the Impractical Jokers movie. Oh, no. <laughs> and they were like lamenting that that was the choice they made. <laughs> that was a lamentable choice. No pandemic, right? Like, <laughs> what are you doing? And that's that's what I mean. It's like this show is really because inter- like, I like Impractical Jokers. I can, my son loves it or he went through a phase. So like we would watch seven or eight episodes of that in a row just because he's really digging it and I love him. <laughs> and I, I wasn't not entertained, but I didn't like feel good about myself. Right. So it's that combo of things. So eventually I'm like, and I never do this and Andy's not on the show, so I won't disparage him, but he's, he's a person who will, will do this unironically with really, really good movies. And I, I yell at him for it, but like I had uh, Netflix pulled up on my phone with Murderville playing and like propped up on a shelf while I was doing the dishes and stuff. And that felt like, nothing wrong with that at all because of the kind of show that it is sure Um, yeah but i wouldn't do that with like dune or something you know what i mean like that would be like what are you doing don't be doing that with dune but i feel like if andy were here he would laugh but andy would do that you know andy would would (laughs) dune up while he's doing the dishes on his phone right and like that's something about andy that i'm like what are you what's wrong with you um but that's murderville it it is a laugh i just think the shtick fades pretty quickly um but i'm really impressed with the overall conceit, it just it gets a little played out for me. Uh, I didn't even get to the third episode, which is the only one I wanted to watch was the Camille Nanjiani one. Uh, I didn't even have there's nothing. Uh, I haven't watched I haven't watched it since uh, last week. I, I, I watched the first three episodes. I haven't gone back. There's nothing linear about it. I could have went straight to the Camille episode. But yeah. <laughs> for some reason, that bothered me. And so but I was pooped out by the time it was time to watch the Camille one. What if I miss incredibly important story beats about Will Arnett's character? Right. I I need to know more about Terry Seattle. You know, the bat What's the backstory. (laughs) Uh, I also blind bought. So I went to Best Buy actually with Andy and uh, he was looking for like an HDMI splitter. And I looked through the Blu-rays as I want to do. 
and I bought a uh, Requiem for a Dream steelbook. Didn't want to feel uh, suicidal, so I didn't watch that movie uh, yet. Uh, but I also bought a movie called The Spine of Night, and it's an animated oh, movie cool that I put on my letterboxed watch list and forgotten about like nine months ago because I saw that it did well at a film festival, put it on my watch list, and then forgot about it. Picked up this DVD because the artwork was cool, or Blu-ray rather. It was a steel book, so it was really nice. Have you heard of the movie The Spine of Night? I don't think I have, actually. I don't know why you would. It's, it's an obscure animated film. <laughs> You're an idiot. You wouldn't know. <laughs> but it's, it's not even that. It's I'm not trying to be like a douche. It's just like, I don't know why I know what it is. Uh, and, but it stars Patton Oswalt, uh, Frank oh, Manganiello. Okay, I do Frank, know this. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. Uh, was it is it Joe Manganiello or Frank? What am I doing? Joe, Joe Manganiello. Man- it's Joe Manganiello. Is it Manganiello? Manganiello. Uh, who knows? Who's to say? I think it's who's to say? It's Italian. It's got to be like Manganiello. Manganiello. Right? <laughs> it's got him in it. Lucy Lawless. Um, so anyway, I, I saw those actors' names on it. Bought it. Twenty bucks. Fuck it. Don't even know what it is. Took it home. This movie, like. I loved it at first and then I hated it. And then I loved it, loved it by the end. If that makes sense. It took me on a roller coaster. The animation is really weird. It's like purposefully not that great, but then also beautiful at times. If that makes any sense. Did you ever, it's adult. So just don't be fooled by the fact that it's animated. It's not for kids. It's Mm -hmm. ultra violent. There's a lot of nudity. It's not sexual, but there's a lot of nudity. Um, I don't know if you ever watched heavy metal. Yeah. yeah. Those animated films from like, it's like that, like oh, okay. some of it's really like psychedelic, but it's high fantasy and super really cool out there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> super cool. Super badass. But back then I, I feel like, you know, more about animation than I do. Do you know how there's like, there's like the lines at the edges of the characters kind of like vibrate. Mm-hmm. And I think that was by virtue of the technology they had at the time. Whereas, and I don't know if that's true or not. It might've been a style, but I, that's what I, in my bones, I feel like it was just a technology thing. So the spine of night does that. Like it's got this like old school looking weirdness to it. Almost like a, it's sort of a juvenile, like not, not great of a drawing, but you get the sense that it's on purpose. So you're kind of like squinting, like, do I like this art? That this- <laughs> before um anyway I, I, I check it out if you can find it anywhere it's fucking weird and really cool and at times really beautiful that's called the spine of night and then finally i was actually really really pleasantly surprised by this um is a movie called kimmy just dropped it's available on hbo max uh it's directed by steven soderbergh uh and written by david i cope is how i've been pronouncing it there's a little yep. bit of a I think that was all fair, but there's some controversy about that. It might be David Kep, but he wrote uh, Jurassic Park and a bunch of other super crazy good movies, uh, the original Spider-Man, um, and it stars um, Zoe Kravitz. Have you? Did you watch this movie by chance yet, Steve, or hear about it even? No, I actually I had never even heard of it until you had posted your review on um, TikTok about it. Yeah, and. It's almost like the algorithm knew that I had just become aware of this movie because the moment I turn on my app, you know, how you turn on your Apple TV, it'll like give you suggestions at the very top of, yeah. above the apps. It was like front and center, like, boom, watch this movie. And I'm like, oh, man, Chris was just talking about that. So I'm probably going to watch it this week because I had I a- thought it was great. It is it's sort of a it's sort of a rear window disturbia kind of thing. 
Um, but it's not like a direct homage or anything. It's just got those vibes because due to COVID, uh, she is stuck in her house. But this is kind of in the post-COVID, still COVID era that we're all still in. Uh, I just thought the script was brilliant. Uh, a lot of the assholes on TikTok are like the way I described it. They're like, it sounds like woke garbage. But the reason I brought up everything that I brought up was it really deftly handles that because I think we're in this awkward space where when our, when our media kind of ignores that COVID ever happened in like a earth-based story, it's kind of weird feeling because it's not our current reality. But at the same time, if they harp on it too much, it's kind of like Jesus fucking Christ. If I wanted that, I'd go outside. So I think that this movie really acknowledges that it exists, but at the same time, doesn't beat you over the head with it. Like mm -hmm. they'll just be like a, a surgical mask in her, uh, like the bowl of keys by her front door, shit like that. You know what I mean? So it's like, oh, okay, this this just feels lived in and real. And uh, and she was always before COVID, she was an agoraphobic anyway. So her character is like really not doing okay. Mm -hmm. uh, but what she does for work is she analyzes recordings of this Kimmy device. So it's basically an Alexa. And so she has to go through and this is probably what employees actually do, which is scary. But also like that makes sense that this is how they get smarter and smarter. She'll go through like failed instances. So it'll be like she'll listen to device number 008972. And it's like, Kimmy, play oxytocin by Billie Eilish. And it'll be like ordering Billie Eilish's new T-shirt from Amazon. No, what the fuck? No. And like, so that happens when you're talking to Alexa. And it's, I, I guess maybe a person does have to go through those and like compute, like this is slang for this. So next time they say that, this is what they mean, blah, 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 blah. So that's her job. And in the process of doing that, she hears what she believes to be a violent crime happening on somebody's Kimmy device. And so she starts to investigate that with corporate they kind of try to shut her down, blah, blah, blah. And then shenanigans ensue. I just thought the script was really tight. It was really brilliant. There's a lot of uh, references. There's some checkoff stuff. Uh, everything was just quick and fun and smart, handled in a good way. And I was like, holy shit, like this might be on my top 10 at the end of the year. It just crept up on me. Like it, it just, it ballooned inside me. You know, as I, the credits were rolling, I was like, that was a, a hooting good time. And by the time I got to the kitchen, I was like, I think I really liked that movie. That was, a, that was a rootin' tootin' good time. Yeah. Then I got upstairs to review it and realized I loved it. And then here it is, you know, the next day I'm like, you know what? I think it's one of the best movies of the year potentially. So it's, it's, it's getting bigger and bigger, but, but Zoe Kravitz, it was really fucking good. She sold that performance. The entire movie almost is her. Uh, and it's got a cameo performance from Derek Delgadio. Do you remember who that is? No, the guy who did in and of itself that mind blowing thing. Oh, that thing. guy. Okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. The sad magician. The sad magician. <laughs> I saw his. He tweeted this morning when I woke up. I looked at Twitter and he had written, uh, I can't wait to get the deluge of tweets about. Is that the fucking sad magician in this new HBO movie? Like, and that was from him, so it made me chuckle. I was like, the sad magician, that's a good description. Um, yeah. anyway, that's that's Kimmy. Sad it's on magician. HBO Max. Um, and I think it's crazy. We live in a world where you can get the new Steven Soderbergh movie straight in your house day one. Like we all just yeah, take that for that's granted. Wild. Like it's normal now. Yeah, isn't it fucking wild? It is wild. To to be fair though, like I I I love it. I do love it. Like I'll always want to go sure. see, I always want to go to the movies and like experience things in the theater, but there are things like 
this month where I can't get out and I can't go to the theater as much as I'd like, but I would like, Oh, we got to watch fucking moonfall. I'll watch that at home. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's stuff definitely like that. a house movie for sure. Damn you, Andy. But we're running out of time. So we better get moving on to our main event, our discussion of on-screen romances and love in film for Valentine's day. Happy Valentine's day, everybody. Oh, happy Valentine's day. Chris, guess what? Mm, what? Am I your Valentine? You're my Valentine. Oh my God. I was hoping it would be true. I got you some of that candy that tastes like chalk. Oh my That's God. I was like <laughs> channeling Lola from Big Mouth. If you've, uh, if you're a fan of that show. <laughs> Nailed I'm it. back, you fucking Brussels sprout. Uh, that's a <laughs> Nick Kroll voice. He's a good voice actor. Speaking of voice actors. Uh, so how was your journey in thinking about, uh, Romance and film, Stephen. What, what was your what was your metric? Did, did did things come to mind immediately? No, it's actually really hard. Uh, you know, listeners of the show know that this year's been really rough for me romantically. So I, when I was thinking about like, oh, what are some romantic movies that I love? Like, I I, I thought of like romantic films I've seen with previous uh, relationships, my wife specifically, and others as well, and it just kind of got me down a bit, to be honest. Like, oh man, this is kind of kind of a bummer. I'm so alone. Oh, <laughs> no, I know it all makes it worse, but uh, I don't. I think it's all fake, and that's why. <laughs> not that love is fake but the whole <laughs> you mean the whole the the construct of a valentine's day mm-hmm. and all valentine's day specifically but i i also when i was thinking about it i always kind of gravitate towards films where at least romantic films where the love is complicated and has layers and is frequently messy because i think that we hold a lot of our actual relationships up to this pedestal of the romantic comedy and how we've been sold that it should be and that that is actually damning to to many of our actual relationships um like why don't i feel like i'm richard gear and and he's julia roberts and you know <laughs> why don't i feel that uh and why isn't this well he's definitely not like ryan gosling and I don't know why or vice versa, you know, like the like she is just definitely not Rachel McAdams. So this is not working out. And uh, we like we literally never fight and cry in the rain and then make love ever. We've never done that. She hates being out in the rain. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no one loves being out in the rain. So when I think of movies that just really, really speak to me, it's it's well, a lot of the movies that we talked about for our Patreon episode that we, we need to record here soon. Um you know, like uh, uh, the before trilogy uh, specifically. I think that mm. that's, that's a phenomenal set of films. It's mostly a series of conversations and philosophizing, but it takes place, you know, nine years apart each time and uh, shows the like a realistic growth and sometimes growing apart in, in a love that is very real still despite that. And um, I love uh, Noah Baumbach's uh, A Marriage Story. Um, I, I think yeah. that, mo- that movie is one of my favorite movies of all time. And, and they don't even end up together at the end of that film. And yeah, many uh, of the films that I gravitate towards that are quote unquote romantic or of films about love. Most of them end where the characters don't end up together, which is, I don't know what that says about me where I'm like, yeah, break up. Mm, well, it, it's probably, <laughs> it probably reflects where you're at right now, which is fine. Like that's, what's great about art. 
Um, but have you ever heard that that speech that uh, Ethan Hawke gives on art and film itself? And he's like sitting in his living room. He's doing that whole interview. If uh, I'll send it to you from YouTube if you haven't, but it's beautiful. But I'm going to butcher it. I'm super not, not even this isn't even called a paraphrase, but he basically goes on this rant about how, you know, art is just is what it is. You can take it or leave it for most people until uh, your, you know, your father dies or your son's hurt or your your wife leaves you. Uh, and then you, you see this poem or you, or you read this poem or you see a film or you hear this song that just perfectly encapsulates a feeling that you have no words for. And at that point, art is no longer a luxury. And uh, just the way that he says it gives me chills. And like, that's what I think of when I think of and Ethan Hawke's in probably the best romantic movie of all time, which is, you know, before before sunrise um and and the subsequent before midnight and before sunset those are just the before trilogy is phenomenal exploration of of love and what it really looks like uh, but there's some in, in la la land too i think a, a lot of people think it's a little bit sticky that they don't get together at the end there's a i don't know if you've heard this joke but a lot of critics are like the film doesn't do a great job of explaining why they can't be together and it's really frustrating uh and i <laughs> I can see that for sure, but I just really loved that they weren't together, you know, that it just life took them for really no reason in separate directions. And yeah, that happens sometimes. That's been my experience. Exactly. That happens yeah. Most times, in fact. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> in my you know, experience. <laughs> so I really appreciated that. And uh, but there's some other movies that I, you know, I love my my Boz Lerman's Romeo and Juliet. Uh, I love me some Titanic uh, you know, dirty dancing, pretty woman. Like I'm a sucker for those for sure. Anything John Holmes. Um, so. Yeah, those are all really, really great picks. Uh, I, I was thinking about, you, you mentioned love story. I didn't, or not love story. I'm sorry. Marriage story. And I, I was like, I really love that movie, but I don't know if that, that counts. Cause that's more about a breakup and not really about of, about a getting together, but it's an, it's an important story because those characters still care about each other. They're just separating. And it's, the, it's beautiful. The reason I think it counts is because I do believe those characters do love each other. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important to acknowledge that in real life and just still move on from that. That, you know, because movies sell us on uh, art, sells us the love is enough to overcome all odds. And that's a beautiful thought. Um, but I also think that's it's a it can be damning. So okay, because this didn't work, that must mean that she doesn't love me. And I just I disagree. I don't think that's true. And uh, that's what I love about that movie. Mm -hmm. Having gone through a very serious breakup right before I watched that movie probably had a lot to do with that. But still, yeah. that's what art's for, right? Um, but I, I like uh, comedic romances a lot, and not just the like a hard comedy sometimes is what I really need. Speaking of divorce, but then uh, a, a second romance to save the day. Uh, one of my favorite movies of all time. One of my favorite romances of all time. And it was brought up by Enza on Twitter today. When I asked is forgetting Sarah Marshall. Um, oh, that's a great movie. Absolutely. Love that movie. I think it's hilarious. And uh, uh, Jason Segal and uh, Jason Siegel and uh, Mila Kunis in that film, I think is a, is a wonderful example of an, one of my favorite on-screen romances um, that I think it, it kind of grows organically and is real to me because uh, mm -hmm. they go through some, some trouble as well. And uh, I don't know, I just, 
I watched that movie so many times in my life and uh, I get a kick out of it every time. That was one of the DVDs. I've told this story before, but I was near homelessness at one point and all I had in my possession was like five or six DVDs uh, and a way to watch them. And that was one of them. So uh, it was, it was the only comedy. So I watched that a ton of times and it was goddamn brilliant every time. I am going to throw out a couple of, of curveballs, some oddball choices, I think, but I think okay. they're valid. Uh, at the time when these, these movies came out, I think they're unusual choices for love films. I don't, I think people might not necessarily uh, think of these initially, but you know, growing up when I was younger, like in the mid aughts and, you know, I'm just kind of coming, um, coming into my own as a, as a, an adult. And I'm in a, at the time I'm in a pretty serious relationship with someone and, you know uh, the movie from 2008, Wally. I adore okay. that movie. Like the the romance between a robot named Wally and a robot named Eva. Neither of them are they can't really speak. All they can really say is their own damn name. They're like Pokemon. Yeah, they just say their names. But the way that uh, director Andrew Stanton is able to kind of just he really sells the relationship between the two. And you really care for it. There's uh, Wally. Uh, he, oh, do you remember the musical that he's listening to in the movie? Like he has like I, a. I do remember that. I don't know the name of it. I wish I could remember the name of the movie. It's like it's, it's a popular musical. But every time that. The it's like notes, Umbrella's a Cherbourg or something, isn't it? Uh, I'm going to have to look it up. Uh, but every time the. the, the 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 musical beats hit where like i think the and that is all like that when, when it's that hello dolly hits. it's hello dolly okay yes thank you um every time that song hits it just like tugs at my heartstrings like oh, yeah. oh they love each other <laughs> that's a that's a really that's not an oddball that's a it's a brilliant choice of but isn't it uh, weird that like I would be like, oh man, I I love that two robots that are animals <laughs> they get together like real life people I don't give a shit about, but these cute little robots. No, I, I think that that sometimes, especially in film, the way to because love is such an ephemeral, ephemeral, hard to describe thing, um, and it again, I think it's healthy to get away from the cliche uh, is just to show it in an oddball way like that. Um, I, the only reason I didn't bring up Shape of Water and talk about that for 20 minutes yet is because <laughs> hey, we I'm, the time. <laughs> the world, I'm almost positive that was my big talking point last year on Valentine's Day. So I wanted to try and do something a little different for listeners that would have remembered that. But yeah, I mean, if you know me, you know, I, I adore that film. And, uh, and and I would talk about Itumama Tambien a lot, too. But I think that film's more about sexuality than than love per se even though that's a huge part of it right right, um, right guys all right guys but yeah i think i think wally's a phenomenal choice speaking of odd i'll throw a curveball to you this is the one he didn't Ooh. explain so I, I threw it out on twitter and it was last minute so i didn't get much feedback but enza had responded some of her favorites uh longtime listener of the show and uh so did streaming things <laughs> so did streaming things sometimes guest alex uh, and he said the before trilogy, of course, Casablanca, of course, Eternal Sunshine, of course, wish Andy was here. Princess Bride, I think, is a great choice. Oh, that's yeah. That's and good. he also said Midsommar. Ooh, I don't. It's not even that it's like a it's an oddball. I don't understand. Where's the romance in that movie? 
I don't know if there's, uh, maybe he's coming at it from the, the way we were coming at uh, a marriage story where it's a story about people separating and, and letting go of. Well, it's not even just separation though. Like, way. <laughs> like marriage stories about like two humans that make mistakes and Midsommar's that like, he's actively really an asshole and super toxic. And, mm-hmm. and then she's joins up with a gang of Swedish murderers. So, <laughs> But, you know, hey, I wish he was here. I wish he was here. Uh, We got some other good throwouts, though. Uh, Sam, a friend of the show, Sam, said when Harry met Sally. Classic, for sure. Classic. I'll have what she's having. And then Carmelita, uh, just our resident, just film historian. I mean, she she knows more about she's forgotten more about film than I'll ever know. Uh, She threw out uh, It Happened One Night uh, from the 1930s, I believe, 1934. Um, Valley girl, secretary, secretary's good. That's an interesting romance for sure. Um, you know, <laughs> secretariat. <Nope>. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, no. That's uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal and, yeah. uh, Spadertron, um, leaving Las Vegas and untamed heart. Oh, those are all very good. Somebody commented in the mood for love. That's uh, the Wong Kar Wai film. Uh, I was actually going to watch that earlier in preparation for this. Um, so anyway i've got a couple more some of the listeners thoughts steve lay some more love on me baby uh one uh, romance film that i actually really really like because it's unique is it's a comedy but it's the big sick that's camille nanjiani's like big movie from a couple years ago was it 2017 somewhere around there yeah i love that movie it's just like one of those i loved and then never thought about again for some reason i think it's criminally underrated by by me as well the concept alone is really good. So it's like a romance film, but because his ro- romantic partner based off a true story of, you know, Camille and his wife, um, she, wow, she has some sort of sickness. Is it cancer? I forget what it is, but she falls sick. It's big, whatever it is. It's like a really bad where she's like practically in a coma. And it, the first time he meets her parents is because she's in the hospital. So it's almost like he's romancing her parents while she's potentially dying. Yeah. And there's like, it's very lighthearted and it's, it's beautiful um, and very funny, but it also like makes you, it tugs at the heartstrings. It makes you cry. It really kind of reminds you of like this fucked up world that we live in and we can make connections anywhere and you know, what you do for the people that you care about in their worst moments. Probably um, Ray Romano's best performance of all time. I think so. Yeah. Uh, that that 9-11 joke is still, I think, one of the best 9-11 jokes of all time. Yeah, it's up if, there. If yeah. you can say that, if you can make a list of, oh, 9-11 jokes. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, if you can make a comedy out of an awful, awful tragedy, this movie has the best one of all time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the I, the greatest, don't at me, okay? no Nobody at me on this, but the at greatest. At CMA 13. At CMA 13, the greatest romance of all time hands down is the first 10 minutes of up oh i'm no one's gonna at you except to say bravo sir yeah of course yeah that, that, that is the best romantic movie of all time that is the platonic ideal of love though right like that is that's what we all be craving but there's way too much marriage story it's got everything though it's got you know 
girl meets boy. They have a meet cute. They all get together. They suffer tragedy together, but you know, their love becomes even stronger and they live out their years and they're happy together. And then one of them dies. <laughs> and uh, it's really sad. <laughs> at an old, a healthy old age. Yeah, they, they lived a great life together. But, but then you get to see you know, when you live, if, when you live so much of your life as two, you know, you were, you were bonded with a person for much of your life. When that person inevitably goes away, uh, you know, how do you fill the hole that is half of your personality essentially at that point? And, um, it's you know and then the movie begins after that which is so crazy like it's like this insane prologue to a movie about an old man with balloons and a kid and they find a weird bird and a dog that talks you know yeah um but the first 10 minutes is maybe like one of the the best encapsulations of like what people aspire you know what everyone hopes their relationships would be but, For sure. and, but it's that reminder that like, even though you could have like the greatest love of all time, you know, all love, all life ends in tragedy. Um, and, but that doesn't mean your life has to end. That doesn't mean you cannot, you know, remember the good and, and, and move on. You know, it, it's, and, you know, it's a great, it's a great movie overall, but those 10 minutes are, are phenomenal. hundred percent agree. hundred percent agree. And I think, Really, only one question needs to be asked when we're talking about on-screen romances. And this is really what we should have led with. Are you Team Edward or Team Jacob, Steve? <laughs> um, ooh, you know. I can't believe you have to think about this. I'm Team Edward, I think. Uh, you think? Yeah. I've never seen those movies, but I think I would be Team Edward just because I like It's like the Bloods and the Crips. You can't be unsure about it. Okay. Well, all right. Let me, let me you know, I'm going to take a blood oath. I've got my knife out. I'm, I'm you know slicing my palm so you see the blood chris my blood's coming out we're touching we're blood brothers right now and i'm gonna say team edward is the only answer yeah the other one is so weird (laughs) the other one's name jacob yeah the most uncomfortable i've ever been in my life was maybe when the second movie came out and i had to work at the movie theater and it was when i worked at the florence theater nearby i think it's new moon new moon yes that's the second one uh, and you know how th- th- that theater was one of the first theaters in our area to have like a dine-in seating, but the dine-in seating was separate from general seating. So there was like, what do you call that when there's like a second stage in a theater? Mm-hmm. Like a like, like a balcony a, or a dais or? Yeah, like a balcony. There was like a, there was balcony seating. And if you were up there, you could drink and you had servers come to you. But like below that was just general movie theater seating. The plebes, yeah. Yeah. And I remember that movie came out and a group of like, 25 women and i say women because they were all cougars they were older women they dressed up to the nines and these ladies were like hammered when they showed up and they only had one thing on their mind and that was hot young men bod and so they were like exceptionally flirty with every single dude that was working but also like really obnoxious in the movie like whenever jacob would come on screen they'd be like oh yeah boy yeah <laughs> it oh, was no. so unsettling because all i could think about was like what if this was the reverse where these were like all a bunch of 40 year old dudes were like yeah Kristen stewart baby yeah bend over for me for sure it would <laughs> not be a good time but oh, you know rough. that's so less often the issue that i'll just god love them you know yeah 
They're, good for them. They're, good for they're them. a menace to no parts of society. They were just living their best life. I Tyler Lautner, I get it. By the way, what happened to that? Anybody on Team Jacob is they they put their they bet on the wrong horse, right? They really did. Whatever happened to that guy, Taylor Lautner? Is that his name? Yeah, I, think, I believe so. I, I don't know. I don't think he's doing anything. Um, was it like I, a couple like action, like directed DVD, like Bruce Willis style action movies in the early oh aughts? God, but Bruce that's like, Willis. I haven't seen him in anything really since then. I hope he's doing okay. I hope he's still rocking those pecs. I still, I hope he still has got those cum gutters going on. I think, I hope he's still got that. What did you call them? Cum gutters. I don't, are you allowed to do that? What? Say cum gutters. <laughs> you know, I done did it. It's too late to back out now. <laughs> um, he's married to someone named Dome. That's oh, all I could find Dome? out about where he is now. Uh, Dome. Oh, he was in a television series in uh, 2018 called Cuckoo. His last movie was 2016's Run the Tide. Oh, wow. Uh, so he hasn't been in anything really. You know, but Taylor made it clear in interviews that acting wasn't his only source of happiness. Well, I mean, that's yeah. That's I mean, good. Dome is another source. <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of romance, wow, good, good for you, buddy. He found himself his you. own domance. Good for you, domance. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I, I think that wraps up our Valentine's Day episode. I mean, you got anything else you want to say on the subject of love, Steve? I love love. I'm a fan of it. I love love. I love, I love lamp. I think the best on screen romance is brick and lamp. Oh, good. Yeah. He loves that lamp. That's do, that's, brick, do you really love the lamp or are you just putting <laughs> things in the office and saying you love them? No, I love lamp. Uh, thank you all for listening so much. And you thought I forgot, but I didn't. Uh, you can subscribe to our Patreon. Oh, we need to cut that music, Steve. We got that's some important it. stuff. We got business. <laughs> you can subscribe to our Patreon at various tiers for different rewards at any time by going to patreon.com slash streaming things. That's patreon.com slash streaming things. Thank you so much to the early adopters, the pioneers that have already subscribed to our Patreon. You do not know how grateful that we are. Thank you so much, Phil. I love you, Phil. Yeah, we love Phil. This is going to be a love episode. Carmelita. Love you, Carmelita. mine. <laughs> forever yours carry i'm trying to think of other like you know those chalky like little ch- the little heart the candy hearts that we would get in yeah. school yeah should i look up like bad pickup lines and like <laughs> Ooh, maybe so, Enza, you an angel because or wait what, what's that like because you fall from heaven i don't know <laughs> oh, did, did it hurt when Enza fell from heaven oh yes that's it thank you uh thank you cake you know, I, I you know, no no pickup line needed, just cake. We love you're you. You're sweet. I'm reading the candies now. Cutie pie, kiss me. Katie, XOXO. you're cutie pie. Daniel, kiss me. Hot stuff. Sarah, hot stuff. What was the other mm, one? Uh, there's one that just says be cool. Elo, be cool. <laughs> Kyle, you're just a big beautiful man, and I love you. It, one was love you. There you go. <laughs> So those are our patrons. Thank you guys so much for keeping the lights on here. Thank you to uh, our patrons. You thought I forgot, but I did not. I was saving it for the end of the show. Damn it. For the real listeners. Uh, without us. Wait, excuse me. I fucked that up. Without us, you'd be nothing. <laughs> <laughs> the truth comes out. Without you, we'd be nothing. Thank you so much. That's all we have time for this week. My name is Chris. I'm Steve. And he's not here. This was Streaming Things. Happy streaming. Who day? Who day?